Welcome back to Going Rounds, the official podcast of Gusto, a matter company. I'm Jeanette Harris-Kortz, podcast producer here at Gusto Matter and host of this very podcast. Well, it's officially February, which means it's not only Pisces season and my birthday month, February 27th, if anyone's curious and wants to buy me a gift, possibly the Beyonce tickets, just saying. (laughs) But it's also Black History Month. So happy Black History Month to all those who celebrate And if you don't, you should consider it. It's a pretty fun month. (laughs) In our last episode, we discussed brand affinity by reading an article by Shaw Flick from the forum, our Gusto Matter blog. If you missed it, make sure to check it out. And today, in this corner, we've got podcast producer Jeanette Harris-Kortz. Wait, that's me. You'll be hearing about me today and my story after this break. The trauma that's related to the way we tell news, I've never really been a fan of. And I have found that speaking on the radio, podcasts has really lightened that load for me. So my name is Jeanette Quartz, and my nicknames that I go by, with Jeanette being so long, I've had many, many in my days, Um, but the one that I respectfully still respond to is Jean B, and that is a shortened version of my first and middle name, which is Jeanette Beverly, both of which are my grandmother's names. I had Jeanette Beverly as my social media names at college and shortened it to Jean B thinking that would get me a job. I don't know why, but that was the thought at the time. I was like, oh, I don't want people to know who I am. I've got to change this and they'll never know. Jean B. And then it just caught on. I try my best to make home wherever I am. I'm very much a transplant when it comes to where I call home. I've lived in so many different places, so it's hard to call just one place home. But currently my home is Denver, Colorado, in a adorable one-bedroom apartment in between downtown Denver and the mountains, which is kind of my happy space, um, being in between the busy silence of the nature and the busyness of downtown. I think that comes because another part of home is Chicago. That's where I was born. I love that city life, Um, the buses, the horns, the ambulance, all of it. (laughs) But I also really, really love being near nature and being near quiet moments, which is probably why another place I call home is Taiwan. I lived there for a while, and I think it's why I have such a connection with mountains and nature. Yeah, it's just a very beautiful green island. Uh, They call it the heart of Asia. So yeah, I just love being surrounded by nature and the busyness of city, which is probably why I have found myself in Denver and calling it home currently. Free time, when I do find it, I find myself 
kind of hibernating a lot. I like to be in my home, nesting, cooking meals. Um, I love to craft. I love to do cross stitching. I love to paint, to listen to music. I love to make my own podcasts uh, for fun, which I'm, of course, the person using their job as also a hobby. Um, that's how much I love what I do. But I love a good hike. I really love just being around people, um, whether that's being at a music venue, being at a festival, being at an art show, art fair. I just love and watching a community expand within itself, whatever that looks like. Favorite childhood memory? My childhood was nice. Grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, um, single mom. She did everything in her power to make sure we had the best time, um, which I really, looking back on it now, appreciate. Um, and with that, I guess my favorite moments come just from that effort she put in. My home was always the place people could gravitate towards, come to after school, after work. Um, it was definitely a gathering spot in the summer when everybody was off and didn't have nothing to do. <laughs> My patio served as a landing space for all people. I'm seven years older than my brother and we had friends within that entire range. So just hanging out with any and everybody when we could in the summer on our patio, watching the summer storms pass, popsicles, and just running around, being on our bikes and being kids, really. I also lived across the street from our elementary school. My backyard was our entire elementary school field, so brought a lot of kids. <laughs> In the suburbs of Illinois, if anyone is familiar, painfully boring. So it was very nice to just have a space that felt like a kids only center and we could do what we wanted and had a good time with respect, of course, mother. Um, but yeah, just having a space that we could call our own and find some adventure outside of the boredom of suburbia. When I was a kid, I used to walk around and tell people that I was going to be this famous painter at Paris, come find me on my bridge where I'd be painting the Eiffel Tower, different angles and lightings and sunsets and sunrises. <laughs> Very passionate about the Eiffel Tower. I don't know why. But yeah, I really thought I was going to be a painter and just living on scraps of that. I ended up studying painting and art in college and realized that that wasn't something I wanted to pursue, um, mainly because the path that I was seeing for myself was teaching. And that's not something I was really considering. Um, so I've always held on to art in that way. I still paint and do it for fun. I didn't fulfill my childhood dreams, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, well, maybe someday I'll find myself on a bridge painting the Eiffel Tower at sunset. Went to a liberal arts college, which loved, highly recommend. And there, they expect you to explore different majors and kind of figure out yourself for that first year. So that's what I did. <laughs> and spent a lot of time in the art department, but I also spent a lot of time at the radio station. But I always 
saw it as like a hobby and I saw painting as like the career, which is really funny to think about now. I never thought I could find a job in radio. It was just something I knew I liked doing. I enjoyed being in the studio. I wrote a lot of the news scripts that were given to our reporters. I loved the writing and research that was involved. Um, but again, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, what a great hobby, this is fun. Um, but I never expected to pursue it as a career. So when I realized teaching wasn't for me, I leaned into communications, mainly journalism. And then when I graduated, I realized journalism wasn't as happy as I thought it would be, a little bit darker um, than I wanted it to be really. And wanted to just find a way that I could still share news without scaring people. The trauma that's related to the way we tell news, I've never really been a fan of. And I have found that speaking on the radio and podcasts has really lightened that load for me. I still feel like I'm able to express myself and share the news that's going on without filling people with trauma of the realities that are happening here. You go into that industry thinking that you're trying to share the right stories, facts, and not mislead people down these paths of confusion or with fake news. And you find yourself, even when you're on the right side of that, there's still this pressure to make people scared <laughs> or uh, make it more anxious than it needs to be. And that's not just pressure from internally, that's that's pressure from bosses, that's pressure from the industry. Um, and it's something I really hope that they take a look at and re-examine and reevaluate because it's not the way you need to tell the news. And there are many, many sources doing it without that kind of trauma. So when I realized that that's something that I could do as a job, I started pursuing that very, very heavily and found my way of applying, made my way to WBC Chicago, worked at Wait Wait, um, and it's really just history after that. Uh, made my way to St. Louis, lived there for five years, worked with a different worked with different creative people making podcast projects um, and just figuring out how to tell stories in different lighthearted ways, even if it had a heavy concept behind it. Yeah, and found myself going further and further down that path. Here I am now making shows for Matter. I really haven't stopped making shows since I figured out it was something that I could do as a career, especially to combat that feeling of trauma that we get when we hear news and stories. Three words. I'm gonna go with joy. First, I try to put that within everything I do, whether that's my work, whether that's my personal life. I try to find the things that bring joy to myself and to others so that whatever I'm doing has a brighter exposition <laughs> than your normal type of day. And if there's some sadness there, I'm telling that too, but I do find it important to lead with joy. I think another word I would use is patience. Um, 
yeah, patience is huge for me. And that might be because before these jobs, uh, working in audio and radio, I worked a lot in the service industry. Um, <laughs> and that will teach you a lot of patience. It'll also teach you how little patience others have, <laughs> which I think is why I try so hard to have patience because we're all trying our best, I like to think. <laughs> so why be so hard on people? Walking into most encounters with that patience has led me to a lot of positive conversations that probably could have been very negative. <laughs> This might go kind of with joy, but I, I do put it in its own group because I think it is an important element to have in your life outside of just joy. Um, but laughter, I, I think laughter is so healthy, <laughs> so healthy and so important and needed and not just in moments of joy in moments of frustration and moments of anger. Um, I probably seem like out of my mind sometimes when I'm dealing with myself or people or clients <laughs> because in a situation that I think someone would expect like frustration or backlash or something like that, I honestly find myself laughing <laughs> more than I do any other emotion. And I think that's because I find that to be such a healthy release of any feeling you're having. Um, Cause most of the time it's kind of laughable. What do I do at Gusto? Well, in short, I give the mic to people who have an important story to share. That's what I like to think that I'm doing with this career path. And, you know, in the long form of that, my role is to be like the logistics person for, for podcasting, the host, the guest list, the structuring out a schedule for that, those recordings to happen, uh, figuring out the flow of whose voices go with who, um, where those voices lie in an episode, uh, how those episodes connect to one another. There is so many minor things that happen and I haven't even gone into post yet. So I am here to help make sure all of those steps don't get missed. <laughs> all of those steps are executed well and to the liking of our client. So with podcasting being my current, I don't ever see storytelling not being a part of that. I think art was always a part of that, um, telling a story through a paintbrush and now making podcasting, telling the story in an audible form. I imagine I'm going to keep doing that. I don't know what that's going to look like in my future right now. Maybe it'll still be podcasting. Maybe, hey, it'll be like a mix of all three. I'll figure out how to make some kooky podcast art virtual experience. I don't know. I would love to know, but I know right now I make podcasts and I really like telling stories in that way. So thanks for joining us for another episode of Going Rounds. I hope you guys feel like you've learned a little bit more about me. You're a podcast producer here at Matter. And if you ever want to talk to me about anything podcast related, wine related, or I don't know, you want to join me in Paris one day, <laughs> feel free to hit me up. You can email us at pod at letsgusto.com. 
We can't wait to bring you all more perspectives from our staff and other creatives that inspire us. Until then, talk to you later. Bye.